This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui once again here with Zach. We're going to talk about uh, our... Uh, well, we, we, we just talked about players who can surprise. Just want to let you guys know in our last episode on Tuesday, if you haven't if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure to listen to it. We talk about a bunch of players who are in maybe less than ideal fantasy situations, but if you kind of dig deeper, there could be some potential value you know, to be had uh, in those situations. So, so make sure to, to tune into that. Uh, but in this episode, we are answering your questions. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who uh, responded to my Instagram story about uh, – uh, about two days ago, talking about, you know, I, I asked you guys to, to submit some questions. We submitted, we we chose a, a few of them to answer in this episode. We try to see like some questions. We try to pick some questions that uh, we think that you know. I'm I'm stopping this. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I can't. Like, please, please just edit this. No, I think we're. I think we're gonna leave that one. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're good. Like no I problem. I, I if you a, want, uh, we could just go, you could you know you could wrap like this I'm up. We could just restart. It doesn't matter. Jesus. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start. All right, I'm start not, right I'm back over. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> All right, regroup. We got it. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Zach, what's up, dude? Not much. Just ready to talk some more fantasy football. Let's do it, man. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, a bunch of players in this episode. We, 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 we asked you guys to submit some questions to us so we can go over them in this week's episode of the mailbag. Uh, we're going to try to do one of these maybe, you know, every week or every, every two weeks. Uh, but appreciate you guys submitting those questions. We chose the ones that we thought, you know, would, you know, potentially, uh, you know, answer a bunch of, you know, other people's questions. And a lot of these questions can, can, can apply uh, and just the thought process behind them could apply to to a lot of people's questions. And hopefully you get your question answered uh, at some point. So thanks to everyone who did submit. Uh, but we did want to hit the rapper recap first and talk about Rashad Penny, right, Zach? Right. Just real quick before we get into it. So Bob Condota of the Seattle Times reports that Rashad Penny is actually expected to be the Seahawks' primary running back for 2022. So if Penny's the lead back in Seattle this year, what should we expect after a strong finish to the 2021 season? Now, I'm, I'm not sure. So that report said that he might get up to 20 carries per game. Like, I'm not sure if I buy that Penny will get 20 carries a game, like as he said. Like, they drafted Kenneth Walker early. 
right? I, I don't think he's just going to get like, quote unquote, what's left as, as Bob Condotta called it, right? Like that's what right. he said, that Rashad, that, that uh, Kenneth Walker would get, right? So now I do think it makes sense that Penny is the lead back, right? Like, and that's what we've been expecting. And I'm hoping he can stay healthy. Uh, but outside of the small sample at the end of last year, he couldn't stay healthy, right? You know, it's it's different when you, you know, just have to pick Penny off the waiver wire last year and play him, you know, until the wheels fall off and then opposed to spending draft capital on him, right? right. It's, it's a little different, right? So, um, you know, as the RB31 right now in the eighth round, it's a good price uh, because of the upside he showed last year. It, it'll likely go up with this report. Uh, if people are paying attention, you know, and that can also drive Kenneth Walker's price down, who's currently being drafted about 10 spots after Penny. Like with these two guys, you basically have to plant a flag, right? They're going so close to each other. You have to plant a flag to see like, who are you going to go with? Right. You're not drafting them both. Right? right. That would be a waste of a pick. Right. But, yeah. you know, when drafting either of these guys, you know, they're going so close to each other, you know, at these prices though, I do think the answer has always been Penny. Like when you draft Penny, you, know, you have enough confidence to start him week one. You can't say the same thing about a lot of round eight running backs. Um, when you draft Walker, you're probably not putting him in your lineup, right? Even before this report. So I listen, if you know me, I love Walker a lot as a pure runner. I loved watching his tape in college, but Penny will likely have to go down in order for him to see enough work. Uh, especially if he's not going to be involved in the receiving game, right? Which will likely go to either Travis Homer or DJ Dallas. Right. So like, a, and here we go, like a third back in the mix here. Right. right. So, Ew. right like it's not it's not great it's not what you want for fantasy right mm -hmm. and their defense isn't even going to be good right so it's not like these running backs will be able to rack up enough carries like both of them you know to be able to make it worth like you know not being involved in the pass game so you know right. I, I'm, I'm fine taking a shot of Rashad Penny at his price um you know Kenneth Walker I'm cool taking him but just grab one of those guys like don't grab both um I just think that, you know, I'd rather go with the guy who showed it last year, right? They gave it, they were confident in him to give him that work. Um, and, you know, he's shown a lot of upside. So he can recapture some of that, but no Russell Wilson, right? Quarterback downgrade. The offense might not be good. Will he, will he be able to rack up carries? Like that's, there's a lot of concern there for that offense. Right. And I, I look at it as, you know, you're talking about him. He might be able to recapture a little bit of what we saw at the back half of last season. But I think that even if he does that, this isn't an offense that's going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns, I don't think, this year. I mean, they have good skill position players. Like, I think Rashad Penny's he's, he's a good skill player. I think D, DK Metcalf's yeah. is still there. Tyler Lockett's still there. But it comes down to Drew Locke. And oftentimes, that's all it takes for an offense. The, the quarterback isn't that good. That's all it takes for an offense to kind of just go downhill. I don't think they're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. So that kind of caps, I think, Rashad Penny a little bit. And I kind of ha I have him pegged right now. If he does get the same workload we saw at the end of the year, last year, I have him pegged as like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. And he has weekly RB1 okay. upside. But I'm not targeting him to be an RB2. I'm not going to be happy putting him at my RB2 slot and being like, yeah, I'm set for the week. No, not even close. I'd be happier putting him at flex. I think that you could start him as a flex and be pretty happy. But I don't think we're going to see a league-winning run like we saw last year. Would you consider him a, a a solid or even a good zero RB target? Like, if you were going zero RB, would he be someone that is near the top of your list in terms of, like, i, I got to try to grab him? 
put me on the spot because you know I want to try zero RB this year. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think he's worth a shot, absolutely. Because say he does, you know, first few weeks before maybe Kenneth Walker comes on or someone else steps up in the uh, backfield, ends up taking some passing work maybe. I think the first few weeks he could definitely just kind of pick up where he left off. I don't see whatever momentum he might have and keyword might have from last year lasting very long in the season. I think he's going to go back to being just, a, you know, an RB2, low-end RB2 like I projected. But um, I think that, yeah, zero zero RB, he, he, he could work. Then maybe I'd be like, okay, I'll start him at RB2. I'd still maybe at zero RB be looking for another guy, maybe even a little bit higher, like an Elijah Mitchell would be a staple for me, zero RB. Right. But um, yep. I think if he's not there, then you could turn your head and look. Okay, like we talked about J.K. Dobbins in the last episode. Um, I think you could look at him. You could look at Rashad Penny. There, there's plenty of them, but uh, obviously they just have to pan out. That's what you kind of hope for in zero yeah. RB. So. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, sounds good. Um, let's get right into it. By the way, if you haven't listened to Tuesday's episode, we talk about the J.K. Dobbins uh, situation, uh, and we also hit on – there was another uh, another rapid – uh, that, that we got that we hit yeah, as well. Yeah, right? was Leonard Fournette showing up a little chunky. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Showing a little chunky. Chunky Lenny, we talk about him on Tuesday, so you can go catch that episode as yeah. well. All right, so let's get right into the questions, Zach. Let's go for the first one. Right, so our first question comes from Landon.Glidewell, and he's asking, can Joe Burrow have the Patrick Mahomes breakout year with a 45-plus touchdown passes in 2022? I think he can. I think he's definitely capable of that. You know, he's set up for that this year, right? Like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Like, you, you, is is that the best? You know, three wide receiver trio, three wide receiver trio, wide receiver trio in the NFL. Like, I, I think so. Like, I think it might be. Um, true, yeah. And then he has an underrated upgrade. I think so. I think so. I think he has an underrated upgrade at the tight end position too, in Hayden Hurst. Um, and and I mentioned this multiple times. Uh, this is likely going to be a pass first, you know, a pa- fat, very fast paced offense. And he's going to be a year removed from the ACL injury. So yes, I think he has that upside. We saw from Mahomes a few years ago. Um, you know, I, I don't like to like draft these type of guys, right. Especially when they're being taken a little earlier and like their prices are rising. I like to draft, you know, guys like, you know, a Kyler Murray who has ridiculous rushing upside, Jalen hurts who has ridiculous rushing upside. So I might not be drafting a whole lot of Burrow in my regular, you know, season-long leagues, but um, I do think that he can be one of those guys who who kind of breaks the mold and could be the fantasy QB one without the rushing. He can't. That can happen. Am I going to bet on it? No. Am I going to spend that type of draft capital on him? Probably not. But I do think he can have that type of season. Right. For me, it's a big yes, and I pinned him as my dark horse i don't know how dark that is but he's my dark horse qb1 like you just talked about the bengals really they only got better on offense this past offseason and a lot of that has to do with the upgrade the o-line and we saw in the super bowl and throughout last year's playoffs that time to pass was really you know his kryptonite he, he didn't have time to get the ball out i know the infamous play where they check it down to smaj p ryan he doesn't dive for the ball in the super bowl crazy but he, if Joe Burrow had two more seconds, you know, he could have bombed it to Jamar Chase, who had burned Jalen Ramsey, but no one really talks about that. Um, I think with a full and healthy offseason, the training wheels will be way off. That that would be an afterthought. And I don't necessarily want to say I'm projecting 45 touchdowns this year, 
but I think that's realistically very within reach, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit that mark. And like you said, Faraz, you've talked a lot about the Bengals' pace of play increasing a bunch in the latter half of last season. And I think you're definitely onto something with that, and it's that kind of scheme that's going to fuel it and ultimately produce a breakout of 45 touchdowns if it does happen. So I think he's in the right situation. Like I said, the offense has only gotten better. I don't think you can really say it got worse anywhere. Um, I think he's absolutely in line if the stars align to throw for 45 touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised. Me either. Me either. Me either. All right, let's go to the next question. So our next question comes from Boyd 55 and he's asking, why do you have Nick Chubb so much lower than everyone else? So I have Chubb at RB18. Now, and I'm just curious, what is the consensus ranking on Nick Chubb? I'm curious. I was looking I'm, up I'm that before. I'm actually going to look it up right now. I was actually looking at that before. Fantasy, Pro, I'm gonna know. Fantasy Pro's expert consensus in PPR has Nick Chubb at 13. He's an RB8 in standard. Okay, so he's at 13 in PPR. I have him at RB18. So, you know, five spots below consensus. And Okay, I, I get that. I understand that. Now, like, I think if Deshaun Watson does end up only being suspended four to six games, I think that will likely go up a little bit. But my process is this. Um, he's sharing a backfield in what could have been a pretty bad offense and a really good running back in Kareem Hunt is going to be sharing with him, right? And Nate Chubb is not involved in the pass game at all, right? All the running backs ahead of him are either involved in the pass game or are in a better offense or both, right? You're going to have to depend on touchdowns from him. And listen, he's a, he has a nose for the touchdown, for the goal line, right? No doubt about it. So, but when you look at, like, if he doesn't score for you, like, 100 yards doesn't do much for you, right? That's 10 points, right? right. He'd have to score in order for you to have that good game from him. It just so happens that we're used to him scoring, right? right. Um, with Watson, the chances of scoring and him keeping that pace is a lot higher. So great. You know, he'll probably move up. So, But in a PPR league, other running backs have way more weekly and season-long upside. So, you know, the other issue I have is that when Kareem Hunt got hurt last year, they brought Dearness Johnson in to play a significant snap share and take, kind of take Hunt's role. So there's no upside, you know, of Chubb gaining like a much larger role uh, if Hunt gets hurt, especially in the past game. So, and they kind of use Hunt as their, like, you know, receiving running back, even though they still don't throw a ton to running backs, right? So, you know, I love Chubb as a player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think he's one of the best, if not the best pure rusher in the league. He's right up there with Jonathan Taylor, you know, in that respect. He might be better than Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with you, you know, if he was getting that type of opportunity. Uh, and even with a great offensive line, um, you know, his situation just isn't good enough for fantasy to put him in the top 15 right now. I, I just I just don't see it, just especially because these other running backs could potentially be like three down backs, be very involved in the passing game on a good offense and have a goal line role. Right. So, like, it's just a lot more that goes into fantasy than like just the pure talent and the fact that he's a beast in the run game. Right. Absolutely. I'm with you there. That was pretty much my notes on Nick Chubb. I think that definitely something else to consider <laughs> is say that Deshaun Watson does play. He plays a majority of the games this year. I mean, he's obviously a year or so removed, yeah, a little bit more than a year removed from, you know, the game of football. But he's also he was also a good running quarterback when he was on the field. So he could definitely, you know, tuck it and run, take away from uh, Nick Chubb's snaps. Like I said, Kareem, like we talked about Kareem Hunt, he is their receiving down guy. He does all the passing work almost. Chubb 
he rarely sees much action in a passing game. I think last year he had four targets in three games, and then the rest he never had more than two. So you're not going to have any receiving upside with Chubb. And like you said, 100 yards, awesome on paper, but it's only 10 points in fantasy if you don't score. And that's not even I, – I wouldn't be happy getting 10 points on my RB2. That's not at all what I want. So Not at all. I, it, it, it comes down to it. You said, oh, well, there are other running backs ahead of him that are in better offenses or they have a receiving role. But I think it's just the competition that he has there, like you said. There's just so much competition there. It's not because there's so many other guys in the backfield. It's just the quality. Like Kareem Hunt, if you remember, yes. when he was on the Chiefs, he was very, very good for fantasy. I think he was top 10, I think, or something like that. He actually was top 10 to start the season last year before. What would happen if a good team without a, a, a legit running back in their backfield traded for Kareem Hunt right now? Like Kareem Hunt would go into the top 10. Like if the Chiefs traded for Kareem Hunt, like let's say they brought him back. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be drafted as a top ten running back. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you'd you almost know, so have like, to. The quality is there. Yeah, yeah, he would go above Nick Chubb at that point. Right, and that's the thing. Like, if Nick Chubb were traded, you know, then maybe he could, you know, be in a good situation. He could have like Derrick Henry type work because they're both very exactly. good runners. But he has to have no competition to thrive. I don't think it's that Nick Chubb can't handle the competition. I think it's just the fact that the Browns are like, oh, we have Kareem Hunt. Why wouldn't we use him? And you know. Really simple answer. You understand completely why they do that. But as fantasy managers, it's just infuriating. <laughs> because here's a guy who yeah. is top five RB fantasy RB potential, and he's just not getting the usage year in, year out. It happens every year. And everyone's yep. always high on him. And I'm, you're one of the first people that I've actually talked to that kind of agree with me that Nick Chubb really is not really worth that as much he, as some people might have him pegged for. He, he is perennially overrated for fantasy. And I think it plays out every year. And it's not his I think fault. It does. I, I don't think people are as, are as happy. No, he's not. Of course not. Like he's great. He's such a good running back. I love watching him play. He's one of my favorite running backs to watch. Cause he's like old school with it. He has the speed. Right. Like once he gets a lane, he's out, you know, um, he's just a great running back to watch. But at the end of the day, like I, I need a guy who can catch passes. I need a guy on a better offense. You know, I, I think, I think a lot of that is going to play into it. Right. Absolutely. All right. All right, let's okay, go to the next question. On to the next question. So, M. Irwin815 asks, who is the best late-round receiver currently going in the eighth round or later? So, uh, Kadarius Tony, right? We, we talked about him, <laughs> right? He's one guy that, that pops up to mind, like, because I'm taking tons of shots on him, you know, as we spoke by the last episode. Uh, if you want, you want more details on why, you can listen to that episode. I'm basically talking about the type of efficiency he's had, you know, kind of correlates to potential like big success future you know future success so he's going early eighth right now uh chris olave i think someone that you know that you like right i take shots yeah. on him too he's going in the eighth very talented uh i hope i didn't take your guy by the way uh i think no, he no, has a good. shot uh, you know <laughs> i think he has a shot uh at beating out jarvis landry in target share potentially even though it's a little bit of a tough feat, you know, given uh, Landry's history and target share and the fact that he's not necessarily an old guy just yet in terms of football. And then Michael Thomas's health is a bit of a question right now. So, you know, a couple shots here and there on him. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett seems like someone who we should be, you know, kind of taking. I think, you know, he's proved that he's a great wide receiver. You know, and even with the quarterback situation, I feel like he's underpriced right now. Um, right. It's just like a very non-sexy situation to pick a wide receiver in Seattle right now. Um, you know, those are, the, those are a few guys I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at just because like, you know, a guy like 
you know, Tyler Lockett just seems underpriced every single year. Um, and he seems to outproduce out, out it, you know, outproduce his ADP every year too. So yeah. those are a few guys that I'm looking at. What the about you? About Lo- yeah, sorry. The thing about Lockett, I think he's very QB friendly as a receiver. And we've seen that with Russell Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. Even though DK Metcalf is like this monster on the outside, you know, we'd still see Russell Wilson bombing it to Tyler Lockett. And you'd be like, why isn't that DK Metcalf? It's just, I, I feel like he's really good QB friendly receiver. And he he's going to get the uh, targets He's a good anyway. receiver, man. But obviously, he's, he's one of Matt Harmon's like reception perception favorites, like over the years. Like he's always right. been good, and it hasn't been Russell Wilson just like making him into a good receiver. He was actually a pretty, he's a good receiver, right? So even though he's right. undersized, he can definitely separate. Right. So my pick, obviously, I could you know beat the beat the crap out of this idea that Jalen Tober, you know, good value. I've talked about him. I had a post on him. Uh, I did actually, I actually include him too, like value posts. It's like, I could beat that idea to death, but I'm not going to because I've <laughs> talked about him plenty and I'm turning my attention. I'm switching gears and I'm looking at Christian Watson in green Bay. And this is a really hard one to project because Alan Lazard figures to be, you know, the wide receiver one. If you want to call him that, um, I think he can be just because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, you know, vocal he come out and vocally said that like you know he likes alan lazard that kind of thing but christian watson has like an athletic profile that's hard to kind of like you know take your eyes off of because you look at what he was doing obviously small school player but he was just he's tearing it up just like jalen tolbert was small school tearing it up so i'm going from one small school guy to another but in an offense like green bay's that's devoid of wide receiver targets like somebody's got to step up and I think that Aaron Rodgers can really bring the best out of Christian Watson and at his price. Like, I think that if you're shooting for upside, he's absolutely worth it. Uh, anyone with Aaron Rodgers quarterback is a threat to finish as wide receiver one, not just overall in the season. I don't think that's going to happen. But weekly, I think I'd love that because he's not going to be consistent, I don't think, this year. But he can. you play him, you start him the right time, the right week at your flex, you know, he could end up having an awesome week and winning you that week. That's really true, man. Like, it's just, you know, you, you want to shoot for that upside, you know? And I think Christian Watson is somebody who, you know, they're always those guys that, you know, you're not going to, you might not hear a ton about, right? But like, when it comes time to, when it comes down to it, like, they're going to, they're going to end up going off, right? And Christian Watson could be one of those guys where you're just like, ah, oh, man, all the signs were there, right? right. Like, like, how did I need a wide receiver one? He's athletic as hell. I went to the senior bowl, I saw him in person, loved him, right? Um, got cool with his mom, right? His mom's uh, mom's sweet. Is this is this some sweet Zach lady. Wilson stuff? <laughs> it's not Zach Wilson stuff. It's not Zach Wilson. This is uh, this is uh, completely PG, right? Right, right, completely right. PG. Um, but no, I mean, like, listen, like at the end of the day, it's like you're right. You know, at at that price, you know, you're kind of looking for upside. Christian Watson, the athletic profile is is bananas. He's a freak, you know, and he killed it at the combine as well. So. Uh, so I agree, man. Like, you know, you, Alan Lazard could be the wide receiver one, but his ceiling is cap, right? Like, it, it's not like his ceiling isn't like, you know, some ridiculous wide receiver one, fantasy wide receiver one, right? But Christian Watson's ceiling at some point in his career, you know, whether that's this year or not, is top 12, right? Uh, he right. has a, a huge ceiling. So um, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. I think, I think that's, a, that's a pretty good pick at, at that price. Where is he going right now? Is he going eighth round, ninth round? I think he's going actually later than that even. If I, if I look, let's see. Really? What? 
Yeah, so we're looking at because I think I think Alan Lazard was going around that price, but a little bit cheaper than the eighth round. I yeah. think. Where are you, Christian Watson? I'm looking. I'm looking on uh, Underdog. Devonta yeah. Smith, DeAndre underdog, Hopkins, yeah. Christian Watson. Here he is. So Christian Watson That's is fine. going 117th overall as a wide receiver, 54, which is well outside. Oh wow! Round. He is way out there right That's now. That's the tenth round. That's the yeah. tenth round right there. Yeah. So yeah. nice. I think that price that price tag's awesome. I love it. <laughs> that sounds good, man. I'm, I think I think you you kind of op- opened me up to that as well. Nice. Okay. Um. All right. Let's go to the next question. All right. So our next question comes from Christian J. Rod, and he's asking, and this one's a little open ended. What are your thoughts on Jameson Williams? Oh, uh, I guess just in general, huh? Okay. So, I think he's an underrated dynasty asset, especially since he landed on the Lions, right? I think he's someone that I'm actively buying, especially if you fell in your rookie drafts. Like if you had a rookie draft before the NFL draft and then like the Jamison manager like hated the landing spot, I would target I would target him there. You might be able to get him at a good deal. Um, I wouldn't expect a whole lot this year though, right? He had the ACL surgery on January 13th of this year. So I would expect him to start the year later. Uh, and the Lions even acknowledged this while they were drafting him, right? Like, if you've seen the behind the scenes on them drafting him, like, they, they basically acknowledge in the draft room, like, hopefully, you know, these other teams ahead of him, ahead of, of them, like, pick, like, Chris Olave or someone like that before, just just in case they needed a receiver to start right away, right? Like, they even acknowledge that in the draft rooms. So, so they kind of know what's up, right? They wanted him, though. I think that this was a long a long-term play on getting Jamison Williams. They knew that he wasn't going to have a huge impact early. So I'm not targeting him in any of my drafts. Like, I don't think he's worth occupying a bench spot while he's out. Uh, He might even take a while to get his feet under him, you know, when he is ready. So I'm personally waiting to do, waiting for him to do his thing in 2023. And I do think, you know, he had wide receiver two potential, like as soon as next year. Uh, But you likely won't have to draft him anywhere close to that next year. So I haven't been drafting him much, you know, even in best ball this year, even though like players like him, quote unquote, you know, are good best ball, uh, you know, candidates. But I just don't see it this year. I I think it's really about next year. And I don't think he makes a huge impact in terms of like the target share split uh, in Detroit amongst all those other guys that we like to talk about, like Amon Ra and and uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, and uh, TJ Hawkinson and all that. So I think. He doesn't make a huge impact this year, even when it comes to these other guys. Right, I agree with you. And like I said, for 2022, I don't see him as a major contributor from a fantasy perspective either. I think that his price as a wide receiver 61 off the board right now, no one's really going to be like hurt taking him there. I think everyone's just shooting for the stars at that point. They don't really care about any floor. It's just upside. But I ultimately think that the Lions understand they're still a year away from truly competing. They did move up in the draft to take him at 12th overall, which makes me think that they view him as the future of their wide receiver core. But um, yeah. they don't have any reason to rush him back this year. I don't think they're going to try and rush him back. If he doesn't, if he might not be ready to start. If they don't think he's ready to start, you could just give him the extra time off. Um, my my guess is the way the Lions season is going to go, they might be able to just use the last two or three weeks as like preseason games for him because I don't think they're going to be con- competing right. for the playoffs or anything. We aren't exactly sure what he's going to look like when he gets on the field, even if he does. But I'm I'm just kind of treating him in drafts like he's not even on the board. You know, I don't want to completely dismiss yeah. him, but I'm completely dismissing him because I don't think I want to deal with that. <laughs> I, I did something similar with 
Michael Thomas last year where I was like, oh, I'll take him, and then maybe he'll give me a playoff boost. You know, here's this guy I'm taking, Michael Thomas, in the eighth round, and he'll give me a boost when I get to the playoffs, and then he doesn't start any games, and you just waste an eighth-round pick. So, you know, I'm kind of turned off to that. I love his prospects for next year and the future, but I don't really want him on my team unless I'm stashing him and having, like, an empty IR spot, but that's going to be used probably for someone else anyway, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 speaking of, speaking of Michael Thomas, let's get into the last question. <laughs> right. So Alex underscore Graham is asking, what are our thoughts on Michael Thomas? He keeps getting him at the top of the fifth round in ten man drafts. Now I don't know about you, Zach, but that's a little early to me. That's very right? early to he, me too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> he, he, on, on underdog, he's going in the seventh round, and that's in twelve man drafts. Right. Right. So in in a ten man. He should be going in like at the back of the eighth, something mm-hmm. like that, right? So you know there are way too many players I'd rather have than Michael Thomas right now. There's just too much risk with him, right? But at a seventh round price tag, like it makes a lot more sense to me, you know, because the risk to reward ratio is a lot better, uh, especially considering, you know, the opportunity cost at that point with the wide receivers going around him at that spot. Like no one around that spot. I'm like, okay, you know, I have to have over Michael Thomas, right? So like his price is fine. He's a good pick around that around that area. So, you know, he has the upside of becoming that wide receiver one for the Saints again, you know, with a quarterback who can sling it down the field, right, unlike Drew Brees, right? So where he was in his career when Michael Thomas did his thing. So, you know, Michael Thomas does look pretty pretty determined to come back and prove everyone wrong. Like, I'm sure he has a huge chip on his shoulder. It seems like he really he does. I mean, people right. have been talking shit about Michael Thomas for like a couple years now, right, publicly, right? Yeah. And he's clapped back, but he's been he's been a little quiet lately, right? So... If he's healthy, I think he's going to beat that ADP by a mile. Um, you know, that being said, you know, he's not someone like I'm dying to grab. But even if he puts up wide receiver three numbers, it does beat ADP because he's being drafted as a wide receiver 40. But you're not drafting him to be a wide receiver three. You're drafting him at wide receiver 40 to potentially be like a top 15 wide receiver, you know, top 18 wide receiver. You know, and remember, he was a top, you know, five wide fantasy wide receiver at some point a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, with Jameis at quarterback, the hope, is that he can recapture some of that magic that Jameis had in Tampa, you know, with Bruce Arians and, and that high-flying attack, uh, and some of that could be transferred over to Michael Thomas. That, that's what I'm hoping for. Right. And, and for me, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going out of my way to avoid him in drafts, but I'm also not really at all inclined to pick him up, especially, like, if we're talking early fifth round, I, I, I'm not touching him there at all. But in the draft overall, like you no. said, back of the eighth, I, maybe I'll take a shot. There's so many moving parts with this situation now, I feel like, that, you know, they need to click exactly correctly for him to return anything close that we saw out of him in 2019. And that's including Jameis Winston, who's really pretty much, you could call him the king of inconsistency. He got himself together a little bit last year before going down with the injury. But um, he has to play consistent, strong football for Michael Thomas to uh, really even, you know, kind of and do anything to emulate what we saw in 2019. And that's not even counting for the fact that they used a first-round pick to acquire Chris Olave, and they just signed Jarvis Landry for cheap, and that's added competition. So Jameis Winston, he has to be a real distributor, and his passing volume wasn't, like, awesome last year. He threw it enough, but they actually got away from him throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, like he was doing in Tampa Bay. Like, in New, in, in New Orleans, he was a much better quarterback. Unless he's sitting there on the board, like we said, in the eighth round, or just, like, drastically you see him, like, oh, why is he there in the 10th round? Maybe I'll take a shot. But otherwise, it's just too much headache for me. I don't want to deal with that. 
I think there are, yeah. like you said, there are a lot of other options. Like, I, I don't want to be sitting there at the end of the draft and being like, okay, um, I took Michael Thomas in the seventh round. I'm not sure if he's going to pan out. I could end up having Chris Olave finish ahead of him, which I, I'm not saying yeah. is going to happen, but it could. You know, he's a, he's a young guy, smooth route runner. Like, James Winston, if I can quote my friend James Winston, smooth as the other side of the pillow with his route running. So... <laughs> You know, you never know. There might be a little so chemistry funny. there. I'm not sure. Michael Thomas has been, you know, he's been away from the game a little bit. And we'll see how he looks coming back. I think if he does, it's it, when he comes back, it is going to take him a game or two or three, even I'm not sure, to get back into the groove. I don't think that Michael Thomas is going to be a bad receiver by any stretch of the word. But I think that for like fifth round, oh, I'm getting him in the top of the fifth round. I don't want to crap on anybody here. But Alex, that might be a little bit too high. <laughs> Yeah, it is, Alex. It is. There are so many other wide receivers led that you could potentially get. Like going after like the you know fiftieth overall ADP wide receiver, I'd rather have DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Babin, Juju, Darnell Mooney, Amara St. Brown, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Russell Gage, Elijah Moore. I literally just named all the wide receivers going in the fifth and sixth round <laughs> just right. now. <laughs> I named all of them. Like I just went in the list and just literally said every name. Um, right. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, dude, like just, just Jameis Winston, like you mentioned him, like he just makes me laugh, dude. He makes me <laughs> smile. Like every yeah. time, like anybody mentions Jameis and like, he is like, he's the guy, like when you say like protect this man at all costs, like he's like the poster child for that right. statement. <laughs> you, you think he, maybe, maybe we could get him on the podcast sometime if he doesn't have his own. <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? Uh, that would be a dream. I would love that. Like, That'd it would be, be so hilarious. funny to talk to. Like, I would just like set him up in awkward, like situations, just so we can get like a soundbite out of him. Because yeah. like, well, I just I, feel I, like he has, he has it in him. You can get a soundbite out of him anytime he's talking. I mean, there's so many it's videos. True, it's true. <laughs> and him dancing after he so tore his ACL in the locker room, freaking hilarious. I love that. Hilarious with the, with the crutches. Yeah, dude, yeah, like, the crutches too funny, in the air. Yeah. He's, he's the best. He's the best. Never but, a dull yeah. moment. Anyway, all right, guys, never a dull moment. But thank you guys so much for submitting your questions, uh, and and uh, you know, really happy to, you know, be able to answer some questions. I know that you know it's not like super easy to get an answer from us at this point, um, you know, in the off season and especially during the season, it's going to be tough. But like, just keep, you know, we, we we're going to do our best. We're going to answer as many questions as possible. You know, just just keep sending them over. You know, you know, keep sending me DMs. Keep hitting the comments. Um, you know, and we're going to do another mailbag episode very soon. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to, we're trying to drop two episodes a week. So, you know, keep in tune with the podcast, stay updated with it. Uh, Zach's been doing an amazing job trying to like keep this podcast organized and all that. So appreciate you, Zach. So for, for me, Zach, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you could, if you could rate and review the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Uh, but we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. See ya.